Hello, friends, and welcome, welcome back to the Connected Divergence podcast. I'm Tina Etheridge. I'm your coach, your host, and in this podcast, I talk about the experience of having ADHD, ADHD, and truly what it means to be neurodivergent and deconstruct all of these neurotypical mindsets that no longer serve us. Okay, so I tried recording this podcast in two sort of like disparate but also connected ideas and it was getting me really tingled up. So I'm going to break this podcast down into two parts. And the part that I'm going to be focusing on today is about deconstructing old beliefs, old mindsets that no longer serve us. And I'm really going to be talking about one in particular and it may resonate with you. It may not resonate with you and that's okay. But this practice is something that you can apply to really anything in your life that you're feeling like you're caring because it was what you were taught, it was what your parents taught you, it was what, you know, your older siblings or your teachers or whoever, society, it could be anyone, taught you, but it's not really working out great for you, it's not helpful, and maybe it's even causing some damage. So my parents had very different beliefs, but also kind of the same beliefs effectively when it came to productivity and getting things done, and pleasure, and rest. So on my dad's side of things, he taught me, and I had this conversation with him a couple years ago, so I like confirmed it, but he taught me that nothing in life is worth doing unless you're good at it enough to make money doing it. So basically, nothing is worth pursuing, or doing, or spending time, (laughs) spending time with, unless you're able to have some kind of financial um, outcome because of it. So whether that's you end up saving money because you're doing it, like learning um, a skill, you know, like a, what is it, um, working on your house, right? That could save you money, so that is financially worth doing. Or alternatively, pursuing a hobby like singing, what are some others he's done, um, learning how to fly a glider, Um, all of these things that he does, he has in his brain of like, okay, I should only be doing this if there's a way to make money off of it. And if I can't get paid or make money off of it by, you know, doing lessons or getting paid to fly people or getting paid to be on stage, then I'm not good at it enough at doing it. And so it's not worth pursuing. And hearing that as an adult was really hard for me. Like it hit me really hard thinking back to younger me, little me, and that lesson that she internalized and how it led to so much stifling, paralyzing perfectionism and not enoughness and not good enoughness and how that really kept me small. It kept me from trying. It kept me from doing things at all because I would already have in my brain, well, Are you good enough at this to make money off of it? Can you sell this crochet thing that you're creating on an Etsy shop? No, then why are you bothering to do it? So like really, really, really hard. And then conversely, on my mom's side, what she believed was that rest is a luxury. Rest is the bottom of the priority list, right? Like her rest doesn't matter, doesn't count, is a nuisance, is a burden. Her rest takes away from what she's able to give and contribute and 
do to help others, including her children. And so my mom did not rest. The only time she would ever, ever rest, the only time that I ever in my life saw her rest was when um, she would be at the beach. And she would be at the beach with her family. And that was the only time I saw my mom relaxed. So essentially what that meant for me is I grew up feeling like anything that I would do that was not quote-unquote productive or having some kind of financial monetary value was not worth spending time doing and I would feel guilty doing it. So a lot of times I would pick up hobbies because I would want to create something. I would want to explore my creative side, but those hobbies would fizzle and burn and die out in my mind. Number one, because the dopamine wore off. Yes, definitely have ADHD, so yes. But number two, because of the emotional component of feeling so much guilt and shame around not spending my time effectively or wisely or purposefully enough that I would feel so much of that guilt and shame that I would just stop doing this thing. And so number one, realizing these these mindsets, these um, values that my parents had and passed down to me, just like becoming aware of them was a really, really crucial step in like understanding myself and understanding like, why do I do the things that I do? And just creating that awareness gives us the opportunity to then examine, you know, examine these perspectives, examine these values and ask ourselves the question like, do I agree with this? Does this feel true to me? Does this feel right to me? Does this feel, does this feel like it's lighting me up inside or does this feel like it's slowly suffocating me? And when we make that decision of like, no, this isn't serving me, this isn't helping me, this isn't making me feel good or free or liberated, we get to then decide to choose other values and other beliefs that we hold to be true. Like, sure, I could live in a world where everything that I do needs to be connected with some kind of financial monetary gain, but I really don't want to live in a world like that. And I believe that a lot of this is like very toxic capitalist ideas that my dad learned somewhere. And if that's what helps him and works for him, great. Like I'm not here to try to change that, but I do have the opportunity to ask myself, is this what I want for myself too? And it's really not. What I want instead is to hold the belief that my rest is incredibly productive. I want to hold the belief that I'm allowed to do things for the pure joy and pleasure of doing them and for no other reason but that. Now, a lot of times I hear people say, well, yeah, I'd really like to believe that, but it's not true. And what I have to say to that is try it and see. Give your brain some evidence. Give your brain something concrete to grasp onto. Go out and do an experiment on purpose. Because I know when I go out and I do things for the pure joy and pleasure of doing them, whether that's following my dopamine or it's doing some kind of craft that probably gives me dopamine, um, (laughs) when I honor my need for rest and to do less and to do the bare minimum, I find in real life, like my brain recognizes that my rest is incredibly productive. Not that it's all about productivity, I'm not trying to say that, but it's really true. Like my rest is recharging, my rest is what I deserve, what I need. My rest actually gets me 
to a brain state that allows me to feel so much better and do so much more rather being stuck rather than being stuck in the cycle of oh my gosh I'm not doing anything what's wrong with me I need to be doing things this makes me a bad person and the more concrete tangible experiences that we have because we gave ourselves permission to experiment but the more real life examples that we have of showing ourselves oh wow I rested and Sure, it took me a couple days of doing the bare minimum, but now look how I feel. Or I came out of this hole or I rested and honored my needs and I came out of, you know, my PMDD depression and I feel so much better now. And I feel so much better than I would have if I had tried to force, manipulate, bully, shame myself into doing more when I didn't have the capacity to do more. Like, Those are really good experiences for our brain to grasp onto of like, wow, I made myself feel safe and it felt really, really good. And I just want to say this is not an overnight kind of light switch sort of moment. This is a pretty constant, continual practice. I'm in the place right now where I've been finding that without even really thinking about it, right? This isn't my conscious mind. This is a deeper level thinking But I haven't been allowing myself, I haven't been giving myself permission to do things for the pure pleasure and joy of doing them. I've had this sort of thinking going on in the back burner of, oh no, you know, I shouldn't go and spend my time doing some kind of creative craft, um, you know, creating, right? Not just like something passive like reading, which I love reading, but I shouldn't spend my time creating something or doing something that, you know, requires a lot of emotional or energetic bandwidth or a lot of dopamine because then I won't have any dopamine to give for my work and the things that I want to do with my work. And I need to funnel and make sure that I'm creating things that give me dopamine that are part of my work because that's what's important to me. And it took me a couple weeks, months to, it's been months, yes, it's been months to examine that and be like, oh, wait a minute, Mm." wait a minute, this is my old upbringing, my old learnings that I want to let go of resurfacing. But creating that awareness allows me to re-examine it and then allows me to make choices of how I want to show up differently. And so this week, what I did is I think I got an Instagram ad for this, so I've totally been influenced, but I got an Instagram ad for um, diamond painting. And it made me remember, oh yeah, this is something I actually wanted to try, but I kind of forgot about. And I ended up going to the art store and buying like the smallest, cheapest one I could buy because I know myself and I have a history of impulsive spending and hyperfixation spending. That will be the topic for my next podcast, but I ended up buying it because buying it met one of my unmet needs, which then made it a hell yes purchase for me. I actually met a lot of unmet needs, but the one in particular that I want to talk about today is buying this diamond painting is helping me actively, very actively create something that did not exist, create something and put it into the world for the pure the pure pleasure and joy of doing so with no kind of like, oh yeah, I'm going to make I'm going to sell this on Etsy and I'm going to make money doing this or I'm going to create my own diamond painting business or all of those kind of thoughts that were very common to me from my upbringing, right? This is my active in real life practice of I'm going to do this because it's fun and joyful to do so. And 
you know, as practice, as I practice this in real life, this is a real life tangible example of, for my brain to be like, yeah, remember this feels good. We like this. We enjoy this. Yes, I do deserve to have fun and to follow my dopamine and to do things because they bring me joy. And that has cascade effects through every facet of my life. Doing this isn't just fulfilling one small little section of my life, right? The little um, hobbies box. It's not just checking that box. Doing this affects my relationships. Doing this affects my work. Doing this affects my joy, my, my daily experience of gratitude, my ability to witness glimmers, um, my desire to be even more creative and like let that bud unfurl. So it has massive, powerful cascade implications. And that is truly what I believe. And that is the mindset, the perspective, the value that I care to carry in my life. And so I just want to say, if there's something that you want to change, if there's something that you want to be feeling differently or let go of, you deserve to give yourself the time and the experience of showing yourself and showing your brain, hey, yes, I can do this and it's safe and it feels actually, remember brain, it feels really, really, really freaking good and this is worthy of pursuing. So look at it as a grand experiment and see, right? Show your brain if it's true or not. Give yourself the opportunity to see if there's something out there that serves you better. And one more thing I want to add to this because I made a post about it today and I think it's important, but it's the idea that if you want to really shift, if it's like, yes, I want to shift this mindset, not maybe I want to shift it. Oh, I don't know if I should, like maybe it will be worse. But like if you are like, yes, I want to shift this mindset, I want to make a change here. The best advice I have to offer you is to curate, like ruthlessly curate your environment. And so that can look like unfollowing accounts that remind you of these old mindsets or old beliefs that no longer serve you. It can look like blocking people. It can look like, you know, giving away those maybe self-help books that made you feel like you were broken and there's something must be wrong with you because you can't do what they're telling you to do, right? It means, you know, setting boundaries, which I know is not easy. I know that is very hard, but it, it can look like saying, hey, I don't really want to talk about this. Hey, I don't really want to discuss this. Um, it can look like truly being, having a very critical eye in your physical environment, in your, you know, digital environment, on social media, in your email, nude bo- email newsletter box, email inbox. There we go. Email inbox. <laughs> and really, 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 being mindful of like, how does this content that I am consuming, whether passively or actively, making me feel? Does it make me feel liberated? Does it make me feel inspired? Is it reflecting the the wisdom that I know to be true back at me? Like my own wisdom that I know is true. Is it reflecting that back at me? Or is this reflecting back something that I'm actually trying to let go of and I'm trying to make a change here? Because every time we get reminded, you know, here's another... Instagram post of people saying, oh yeah, you just need to have willpower and discipline. You just need to do it. Like, how does that make you feel? If it makes you feel like shit, it's probably time to let that go. It's probably time to unfollow or um, 
yeah, again, curate your environment. You have the right to curate your environment. And of course, you know, we can't necessarily get rid of, you know, quote unquote, get rid of everything. But the more that we do curate our environment, the more opportunity we have to fill that space with the new, right? With these new beliefs, these new mindsets, these new, you know, perspectives that we are building and creating for ourselves because we value them and because we want to make space for them. So I wanted to add that as well, that you are allowed to curate your environment to make it one that is a reflection of your own inner wisdom. Okay, lovelies, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I hope this podcast gave you some food for thought for you to examine your own, you know, the things that we've learned, things that we've grown up with that maybe aren't serving any serving you anymore, that you have the opportunity to deconstruct and make something more true and beautiful that fits you, that fits your brain, that fits your life. Thank you again for listening and I will see you guys next week and I will hope, I mean, we'll see where my dopamine brain goes, but I will hope to talk more about impulsive spending and how I approach impulsive spending with hobbies now knowing and understanding this part of my neurodivergence. All right, take care. Bye.